if you've literally just put something down on the page, you've got all these voices in your head and you're analyzing it and you're picking it apart, but you're not seeing it as part of the bigger picture. So how can you know if it works if you don't yet know what the rest of the picture will look like? Hello, writers, and welcome to the Writer's Mindset Podcast with me, Christina Adams. And me, Ellie Betts. We're here bringing you all the knowledge and techniques you need to achieve your writing goals. Whether you want to be a number one bestseller or make a living writing what you love, we've got you covered. It's time for practical tips, hard truths, and tough love, but in the very best of ways. No personal update this week, but I did want to let you know about a couple of free webinars coming up. They're hosted by our friends at Ultimate Bundles and on one of my favorite topics, productivity. They've also got a super amazing offer coming up next week featuring goodies from Dave Chesnick, Kindlebrenner, Darren Rouse at ProBlogger, the folks at StoryGrid, myself, and a whole host of other writers and course creators. These goodies will only be available from the 7th to the 11th of June 2021 though. Sorry if you're listening after that. If you want to check out the productivity webinars on the 3rd or 4th of June 2021, I'll add the link to the show notes. Now, on with the show. This week, we are talking about emotional distance in writing. Emotional distance from your writing is like taking a step back from the piece to allow you a clearer perspective, by which I very much mean just separating yourself from it. You're not writing it, you're not editing it, you're not even thinking about it if you can help it. But why is emotional distance from your writing so important? Emotional distance separates our rational and emotional minds and our logical and creative minds. And this allows us to be able to edit much more objectively and means that when we do come to edit, that we can pick up our much more. And if we pick up more when self-editing, it'll cost us less when we outsource to an editor and make it a far more enjoyable experience for beta readers, right? Yeah, exactly. They will always pick up on things you didn't. That's why we use external editors and beta readers. And that's also the beauty of writing. But the more you can do yourself, like we said, the cheaper it will be and the nicer it will be for beta readers as well, because it's less work for them. And generally, beta readers also work for free. Yes, sounds like a win-win. So how would we go about building that emotional distance from our writing then? Do you want to sing it? Let it stew, let it stew. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so the longer you let your writing stew for, the better. So ideally, once you've got a draft of something, if it's a book, you want to leave it for at least a month. If it's shorter, like a blog post or maybe a poem, then a week. But regardless of what the piece is, The longer you leave it for, the more you will pick up on. You went through a phase of just writing with no editing from about November 2020 to January 2021, if I remember rightly. Why did you make the decision to do that? During 2020, I went through a phase of writing and editing and then publishing a book. And I would have a gap still when beta readers had the book. But during that time, I was generally trying to write the next book in the series. Never really worked, but that was the plan. And I found that I didn't like that way of working. I I found it to stop and start. And so I thought once I'd released Hollywood drama, I would take the time to really just go all in on writing because it was writing that I loved and I needed to remind myself of that thing that I loved. Doing that allowed me to separate out writing and editing much more, which enabled me to write faster 
and it gave me more room to be creative and explore other genres and the pressure was kind of off because I was writing two series people knew nothing about and in that time I ended up drafting four books in three months and I'm now back into editing mode and editing the third one of those four books. I see. So just wrote them first, had that bit of space and then came back to editing. You gave yourself that emotional distance, you see. Is that something you would recommend everybody tries? I think it's a case of trial and error. You need to find a system that works for you. And what works for you at one point may not work for you in another. Like, I found that the all-in-on-one-book system worked for the first couple of Hollywood books, and then it started to lag. And it just started to feel a bit repetitive and going through the motions, and it kind of removed the fun of what I was doing. But it will always be better if you go all-in on writing or editing for a prolonged period of time, because it enabled you to grow those skills in much more depth. So because you're separating them out and not treating a creative process as an analytical process like they're the same yeah it's really detrimental to write and edit at the same time but to do it close together can sometimes be just as bad of course when you write and edit at the same time you obviously don't have that emotional distance what are the downsides to that when you write and edit at the same time it means you judge something you've literally just written which means you're way way too close to it to be able to judge whether or not it's actually any good And this damages your confidence without you even realizing it. Because if you've literally just put something down on the page, you've got all these voices in your head and you're analyzing it and you're picking it apart, but you're not seeing it as part of the bigger picture. So how can you know if it works if you don't yet know what the rest of the picture will look like? Because even if you've got a solid plan or plot, things can still change. And you need to be wary of that when you are trying to edit as you write it just doesn't work and like I say it's detrimental and it makes your writing take a hell of a lot longer too. There's definitely no reason to be putting in a process that damages your confidence before you've even finished it. Would you say emotional distance from our writing can help build our confidence then? Definitely but I think you have to know how to edit and have that skill to be objective from your writing and I actually think that Editing and objectivity are separate skills. And just like with any writer, we all have to learn these skills and we all have to put the time in and effort in to do them. Is then letting writing stew, let it stew, the only way to learn to be objective? You need to have an understanding of the craft as well, which means learning the ins and outs of what makes a good story of how to use language of adding depth to your characters, of psychology, of imagery, of all these different things. And also you need to understand your genre. And the more of this stuff that you know, the more objectively you are able to edit your work because you've got not just your personal opinion to go, yeah, this is what you need to do. You've actually got some objective, almost scientific research saying this is what you need to hook your reader. Yeah, I can definitely attest to that. I recently dusted off a short story that I wrote about a year ago or so for a previous uni assignment. And I noticed so many little things that I could improve on. At the time, I felt like it was the absolute best it could be. Part of me noticing that the things I could improve on was because I've grown as a writer in the last year, certainly. But a bigger part of the issue was because I was so close to it at the time. 
I didn't have the emotional distance because of the pressure of the assignment. If I'd been able to put it away for a few months and then edit it again before submitting, I might have been able to produce a better piece and probably get a better grade. Out of curiosity, would you be comfortable sharing some of the things you've noticed that you could improve on on your piece? Yeah, definitely. I mean, some of the um, dialogue is definitely very dry and not very believable I guess it didn't feel natural there's a section where my character starts talking about the way he feels when something happens but it was written in a way as if to suggest that was happening at that point when actually he's supposed to be reminiscing and it didn't quite sound like that um, I, I missed a quotation mark on one of my um, pieces of dialogue as well which I cannot believe I didn't see that at the time. So it's 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 all sorts of little things and I'm actually enjoying going through it and hopefully submit it for an anthology. So we'll see. Exciting. Very exciting. What if someone really can't be objective then? Either they absolutely hate everything they write or they absolutely love everything they write and can't see room for improvement. When you fall into this camp... There are a few things you need to do. First of all, you need a longer gap between writing it and editing it because it's a sign you're not ready to be objective yet. And then you need to do your research and your studying more. You need to understand the craft in general more and also your genre more. And if you're writing a hybrid, read both genres and look for those patterns because those patterns are always there. And until you know what the rules are and the tropes are, you can't subvert them. And I know a lot of people always want to subvert genre tropes. And the truth is that, yes, you can do that. But you've also got to be careful then how you market your book because it can bite you in the ass. Like I can't sell Hollywood Destiny as a romance because it doesn't have a happily ever after or happy for now until the end of the series. So you have to be very aware of these things. And I would say the best way to build that objectivity is to is to build your editing skills. Because the better you are as an editor, the more you will notice. And editing other people's work can help. But, you know, your skill here is building that objectivity with your own work as opposed to other people's. And that's why I say studying craft and reading books like How to Write Believable Characters or The Anatomy of Story or Take Off Your Pants or The Anatomy of Prose. Did I say that one? No, I said The Anatomy of Story. Did not. All of those and many more that you can find are well worth reading. And I'm not saying you have to take all of their words as gospel. You need to take away what works for you. And you. everyone will pick something different out of a book about what can help them. But they are all beneficial. And every book has something new that you can learn and take away from. Definitely. I've actually met a surprising number of people who hate everything they write. And it's it's not good. I mean, there's no reason for them to hate it most of the time, but either they think they're not good enough or they're too hung up comparing themselves to other people. Normally, they just need to stop. Sorry, they need to keep going and stop comparing. The more you write, the better you'll be. And like you say, the more objective you're then capable of being. In actual fact, I have a friend who hated a first draft of her book, but when she gave it some emotional distance and read it back through, she realized it had more potential than she initially thought and didn't actually need as much editing as she had convinced herself it needed. So taking that time away, I can guarantee you will make a difference. Could someone skip the self-editing step and send their first draft to an editor to do it instead? Only if they have four figures to throw down the drain. I am talking thousands of pounds or dollars here because the more that needs to be done to your manuscript, the more expensive it gets. 
It's much better to save your money and work on it yourself first. And I do know someone who plans and plots very, very heavily. And because of that, only has to do one or two rounds of editing and that's it. He has refined that system to something that works for him because he despises editing. And you may be the kind of person who despises plotting and then is quite happy to spend all this time editing. But the less work you do up front in terms of planning and plotting, the longer your edits will take. And I know that because that's what I did with what happens in New York. I didn't really have a plan. I kind of had a vague one. And it became harder and harder to juggle with so many characters and spin-offs and things. And that's why now I was able to write Hollywood Destiny as quickly as I did, because I'd got all these plans and all these systems in place. The thing is, the more you do this and the more you find systems that work for you and experiment with different things, depending on the book, the more your first drafts will improve and they will become more polished over time because of all these things that you've learned. And also you'll get faster at doing the developmental edits and all these other stages because you will know what to look for when you're going through them. And then you won't need to leave as long between all the different stages of editing to develop that emotional distance from your manuscript. That makes sense. And every book has its own learning curve, right? And something that it can teach you as well, if you're doing it right, I think. Because Hollywood Destiny taught me how fast I can write and how well I know the characters and how I can just pick a personality trait essentially from a character and just tear it apart and use it against them and the ghost call taught me how to write a whole new genre and also approach fantasy world building which is something i haven't done in over 10 years and i've never really like actively studied outside of obsessively watching charmed and picking out every last detail to the point where if i think about it too hard i'll just resent it even more than i already do Of course. And then now, when you go to write and edit the next books in each series, you'll be better armed and won't have as much to do. That's the theory. We're going to test that when I get into The Mummy's Curse over the next couple of weeks. Then we will know if the theory holds. But even if it's more work, every book is different and that is okay. It should be. What are your top self-editing tips, writers? Let us know, please, in our Facebook group. You can visit at writerscookbook.com forward slash Facebook group. And in the meantime, writers, make sure you allow yourself time to gain some emotional distance for your writing to be the best that you can possibly be. Here, here. And now it is time for Book of the Week. Book of the Week. I believe you have a pick this week, eh? I do. I have a book on writing that I wanted to share. It's called Novel Shortcuts, 10 Techniques That Ensure a Great First Draft by Laura Whitcomb. I actually borrowed this book from a friend and loved it so much that I bought my very own copy so that I could go through it and make some notes in the margins. In pencil, don't worry. Nobody, nobody attack me, it'll be in pencil. I can't even do it in pencil. I really can't. <laughs> that's why I prefer nonfiction and ebook because I can highlight things that don't feel like I'm defacing it. That's true. I guess I just, I, I need that physical book in my hand. Anyway, Laura goes through various different techniques to help get that process of writing the book down to as succinct a process as possible. But also she highlights different ways that you can get to know your story more and better ways to plot it and plan it as well. And I just think it's a really valuable read actually for anyone who wants to try and improve that process i have to admit i haven't read that one but i will definitely check it out i get the feeling it's sitting on the shelf behind me so i'm gonna i look. think so i think the same friend has also lent it to you yes. so you should probably check on that i probably should what is our reader recommendation this week ellie our lovely patron mary beth bretzloff has an interesting recommendation this week she recommends the author as a whole, Sandra Brown. Mary Beth says, I love how Sandra Brown takes me along with her characters. And even as 
they are sliding down a slippery slope that myself and of course the characters are uncomfortable with, when the end comes, I'm blown away. That's quite the review. I'd never actually heard of Sandra Brown until Mary Beth sent in the recommendation, but I do really want to check her stuff out now because that sounds like my kind of book. It does. I'm going to be doing some research after this. Same. If you found this episode enlightening, do not forget to hit that shiny, shiny subscribe button so that you never miss an episode. And make sure you tell all of your friends how awesome it is too. Definitely. You never know who could help with your recommendation. Speaking of helping, you can support The Writer's Mindset over on Patreon for less than your favourite coffee a month. Join our growing gang of writers to get early access to episodes bonus episodes and patron-only writing workshops when we hit our targets. And free early hugs if they ever get to meet us. I am open to all hugs that you like. It's a genuine offer. I'm not a huggy person though, they're really not my style. I know, you're more of a resting bitch face kind of person. Someone had to teach Millie. (laughs) You can't deny it, yes it makes sense. And on that note, we'll see you next time. Keep writing! (laughs) 